Hey, Westside and anyone else listening in and looking on, uh, welcome to our Christmas series, How the Messiah Saved Christmas. We're using the Advent weeks leading up to Christmas, which are hope, peace, love, and joy. And it's a tradition to light a candle. Last week, we, were, we uh, lit the candle of hope. And this week, we light the candle of peace. Now, peace is a common, hopefully that does not burn a hole in the carpet. Um, peace has always been a theme at Christmas, and for good reason. In Micah 5, 2 to 5, uh, last week uh, when we were talking about hope, we used a few verses from Isaiah. Isaiah is full of prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. Well, in the Old Testament book of Micah, uh, uh, there are also words of prophecy uh, foretelling about the coming of Jesus. And Micah 5, 2 to 5. Uh, but you, Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. The source of peace. Now we're also using the theme of the Grinch, and uh, the, the Grinch trailer, I don't know if you've seen them, but uh, we have two now, and uh, there really wasn't supposed to be two, there was only supposed to be the one. And uh, so we shot that trailer and a lot of people watched it and there were lots of comments about, oh, this has been so good. It seems to have brought a little bit of joy into people's lives. And uh, they were just so looking forward to the next episode of The Grinch and what adventures he will get into. And uh, we were just looking at each other uh, last week. I was like, there's nothing more. We don't have anything else planned. That was just a kind of a one-off thing. But uh, just some talented people did a great job and... So they're going to continue uh, the episodes of The Grinch, have some fun with it. And I think the, the season of The Grinch, the theme of The Grinch, uh, can kind of fit for this year. When we think of The Grinch, though, when it comes to peace, peaceful isn't a word that comes to mind for us. When we encounter him in his lair, he's binge eating, he's restless, he's bored, he's miserable as he sits in his lair. He's isolated. Does that resonate for any of us? Binge eating, restless, bored, isolated, irritable, miserable, in our lair, stuck in our lair. Uh, our family, we did some baking, and um, uh, by we, I mean uh, everyone else but me. And uh, we delivered some baking the last few weeks, done it two or three times now, and just cruise around and deliver baking to, um, to folks. And so we're not supposed to have contact with people. So we text and like, hey, are you home? And you know what? Everyone's home. Everyone was home, has been home, 100%. So uh, we text and go in 20 seconds. If you're home, great. In 20 seconds, uh, we're going to have baking at your doorstep. So we put baking at the front door, get out of the car, put our mask on, um, go to the door, leave baking, knock on the door, knock on the, uh, ring the doorbell and take off. 
But usually by the time we get to our car, the door is flung open and you see the silhouette of this person. And it's like they're crying out like, hello, uh, we are lonely. We are isolated. We just want to connect. So we kind of yell at each other from 50 feet away and uh, then get on with our evening in the next delivery. Binge eating, restless, irritable, bored, stuck in our lair. That can be our story. Um, I don't know how your year has been. I don't know the state you're in. Some of us are in no mood to sing Christmas carols any, maybe any Christmas season, but maybe this one especially. The Grinch couldn't stand to hear the Who's sing and carry on. In the movie, the, the, the Who's are singing and he's just covers his ears like it's joyful and triumphant. It's just annoying, irritating. And sometimes cheerful people can be that way. Um, and for some of us, a sermon on peace will be perfect timing. It will be like, oh, I just needed to hear that. That is so good. And for others, peace may be the most difficult thought to process and claim. Uh, you may be just in a season that it just does not seem to be attainable, and you may want it really badly. Um, the Advent reading last week took us through Psalm 130. And Psalm 130, uh, there are these few... There, there's two verses in there that uh, describe waiting for the Lord, like a longing for the Lord. And uh, we long for the Lord, we wait for the Lord like night, like people on the night watch, uh, soldiers on the night watch who uh, are longing for the dawn. They just want daylight, like the night watch, the night shift, uh, you're tired, maybe you're scared, you don't know what's out there in the dark, so there's some fear right? And uh, it's exhausting. And they want the dawn so badly. That's how they long for God. Some of us are longing for peace like that. And I kind of wanted to just touch on that, because as a church, as the body, we need to provide people with a community where people can be real, not faking it. Oh, I'm so peaceful, I'm so joyful, that they can just be real with the season they are in, with this, uh, with this yeah, the space they are uh, taking up and what is going on there. And they need to be able to find support and encouragement and listening ears and warm hearts. And we want to be that body for people. We want to be that space for people. So I just really want to put that out there and be sensitive to people who, uh, it's not just, hey, be peaceful and we're going to throw it out and God's peace is all good because people, some are longing for it and want it more than anything. And it's been really hard to attain for whatever reason. So we want to first of all talk about that. And because uh, as we go back to the Grinch, um, we're going to work through this story uh, in a way that um, hopefully highlights what God has available to us, yet at the same time has this understanding of the struggle of living in an in-between world of the kingdom of God and this fallen world that we live in. So back to the Grinch. Why was he miserable? What made him the way he was? Well, in the, the movie, the, uh, which stars Jim Carrey, there's this flashback of Grinch back to his childhood. And he, is, uh, he has this crush on this young girl, Martha May, in his class. And he wants to make her a great gift. And he is different than all the other kids. He is green. He is hairy. And he gets mocked. And it's really a cruel world out there. Especially, I don't know if you're young and you have this crush on someone. I remember when I was in grade five, I had this crush on a girl named Diane. And uh, how do you show someone you like them without risking too much? 
It can be a very delicate balance. So I remember that, well, what could we do? What could I do? Oh, I had a patch. It was the Montreal Olympics that year. Was it 76? Something like that. And uh, I had this blue patch. And in those days, you put a patch on a jacket and she had this, I remember she had this like denim jacket, but it was like tan color, cream colored. And uh, so I remember I gave her this patch and she was, uh, I, I wouldn't say she was really excited about it, but she was a very nice person and she took it. And I remember going home on the bus and thinking about it that night and uh, coming back uh, on the bus and it was like, my hope is that it would be on her jacket. It'd be sewn onto her jacket. It was a very nice patch. And I remember getting there to school the next day and you know what? It wasn't on her jacket. So, but you know, there was sewing involved. It wasn't just a peel and stick patch. You had to sew it. So it's required mom, mom's probably busy. Um, so I have to give it some time. So the next day I came back and you know what? It wasn't on her jacket. And um, so a few days went by and uh, that patch never made it to her jacket, never spoke of it again. And uh, uh, I, I'm okay now, uh, but it took, it took like 15, 20 years, no, um, months uh, to get over it. And uh, unrequited love, can be hard to deal with. Now in this story of the Grinch, Martha May did kind of like the Grinch, uh, but the other kids in the class were so cruel and he, he leaves town, he's like eight years old and he climbs up a mountain and he starts to isolate himself away because of the hurt and he had been vulnerable and had kind of had it thrown back in his hairy green face. There's a common term in counseling and it is to find the trauma. Um, why do people behave the way they do? Why do they act out the way they do? Um, find the trauma. Find out where they have been hurt. And it can be a physical, emotional, psychological trauma. And when there's personal trauma, it affects our lives. It affects our stories. That's just the way it goes. But there's also an epic trauma that has affected all of our stories, all of humanity's stories. And I want to take us back there, back starting with Genesis 3. And in Genesis 3, uh, we have the story of a creator and his creation, a creator and his creatures, uh, who he's created for relationship. You have the cre uh, hum humans, the creatures, turning on their creator. They carry the image of the creator, and the creator loves them, but yet they want more, or they want other, or they want to know more about good and evil. They want to be more like the creator, and they're deceived into thinking that there is a way to do it aside, apart from the one who created them. And they go their own way, breaking that relationship with God. And that's humanity's trauma. That story symbolizes that break of relationship, a broken relationship with our creator. In the story of the Grinch, he's been hurt. Relationship has been broken. So what does he do? He lashes out. He lashes out, which robs others of their peace. He smashes a tree, throws it through a window, uh, just trashes the place and escapes. And really, from Genesis 3 on is the story of humanity lashing out at each other. Uh, the story of hurt people hurting people. 
Like cruelty producing begets cruelty. And what happens at Christmas, the Christmas story, we celebrate how Jesus breaks that cycle of pain, causing more pain, of a broken people breaking other people. Jesus shatters that cycle and he brings peace. He does it in four different ways. He brings peace on, uh, really in four different ways to our lives. So we're going to walk through that through some scripture. So the first way that Jesus brings peace, and this is, which is what we celebrate in the Christmas season, is he brings peace with God and all of humanity. Remember Genesis 3, broken relationship. Well, in Romans 5, 1 and 2, Paul says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, remember we were wrong, and now we've been made right in God's sight, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. This peace with God and humanity, Paul talks about in Romans 5. So, peace with God. And the second area where peace is brought through Jesus Christ, peace with God, the second part is peace with ourselves. And Philippians uh, 4, 6 and 7. So when we have peace with ourselves, when we have peace with God, it, it brings us peace with ourselves. It says, don't worry about anything. Any of us worry? Do you ever worry about anything? I've said this many times. Worry is just one of the biggest um, anchors in my life, and anchor not in a good way. Uh, sometimes you just find yourselves worrying about things, and I'm constantly having to bring things to God. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about anything, everything. Don't worry about anything. Pray about any, everything. Give it to God. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. There's like this bringing it to God and then leaving it with God. Don't pick it up again, which is one of the things we just really love to do when it comes to worry. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This renewing of our hearts, this guarding of our hearts and our minds taking worry away from us. How freeing does that sound? So peace with God brings peace with ourselves. And then we will have a peace that comes, um, that we then extend to others. In Ephesians 2, 1 to 4, talks about that. Ephesians 2, 1 to 4. Um, or, sorry, 2, 14. For Christ himself has brought peace to us, he united Jews and Gentiles into one people. So it's reconciling, right? In Ephesians 2.14. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Boy, Genesis 3, you have Cain and Abel. You have uh, just humanity clashing. You have Jews and Gentiles. Uh, you have the clean and the unclean. You have male, female, slave, master. And in Ephesians, you have, there's no more of it because of what Jesus has done. For Christ himself has brought peace to us, uniting us together. There's a peace with us and others. And then the fourth level or the fourth area of peace is humanity and creation. And we read that in Colossians. And in Colossians, it says this. 
For God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Everything in heaven and on earth through Jesus Christ. How does that look for us? By the means of Christ's blood on the cross. And Jesus, like we talked about last week, he can't shed his blood on the cross if he does not come to earth uh, in human form. So Colossians 1, 19 and 20. He has made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Something about what Jesus brings, uh, brings a peace to not just us and others, but us and all of creation. Four beautiful, needed, necessary areas of, of healing and peace that we so long for in our lives. That's what we celebrate this Christmas season. You know, as we get together as, uh, in our Zoom boxes, it's, like for me, I still, I still feel the community. I still see and hear the stories of people coming together. And it brings me peace. Even in our prayer meetings, even though we're Zooming together on Wednesday nights, I feel a peace when we are praying that if I was not there, I would not tap into our creator in a way that brings about peace in shocking and revealing and beautiful ways. Just from a simple act of, hey, I don't have to worry, I get to pray. So there is this beautiful movement. How do we acquire this peace we talked about it. We have verses that talk about it. Well, for us and for me, you know, it all starts with a moment of clarity or reckoning. All of us have to come to that point, a come to Jesus moment. I don't know if any of you, for some of us, we've had one come to Jesus moment. And for others, it's like, man, do I, twice a day I have a come to Jesus moment. There is just that moment of clarity and reckoning where you go, oh, I'm doing it again. I need to just repent and have this uh, posture of humility and come back to God. Because when I am in charge, when I am in control, remember Genesis 3, it does not bring peace. When I am in charge and I am in control and I try and wrestle control from God, it does not bring about peace with my creator, it does not bring about peace with myself, it does not bring uh, peace with me and others. And it doesn't bring peace with me and everything, all things around me. Really, that was come to Jesus moments. Those are the gospel, that's the gospel message of Jesus Christ that is ushered and heralded in at, at Christmas time. And then when we have that moment of clarity and we go, Lord, I need you. I need to center my, my world on you. Then there is this movement in us of the Holy Spirit in us that brings about transformation. Jesus' arrival ushers in peace with God, which brings peace within us. And then that peace is extended to others and all things. And then much like the Grinch, uh, there's this transformation that occurs and it moves us from isolation and protection and brokenness to community and to connection and to purpose and to mission. That's the Christmas story. That's what the Christmas story makes possible in our lives.
I'm going to leave you with John 14, 27. Because this is what Jesus leaves with us. Jesus says this, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. That can be a hard lesson to get through our thick heads. What I give is a gift the world cannot give. That gift of peace, we will not find it anywhere else. And then this, at the end, do not be troubled or afraid. I'm leaving you with a gift, a gift of peace, of mind and of heart. And the peace I give, the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. That's a beautiful, encouraging word to all of us. Those are words of life. And for those of you, those of us who are having a really hard time this season, who are just down, who are troubled, who are afraid, uh, I'm going to pray that um, the healing presence of God is known. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ is claimed and that we all find support and understanding in the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Don't be troubled or afraid. That's the peace the arrival of Jesus brings, the peace that we'll never find with stuff or things. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for peace for those who are Just under it, Lord. Under pressure and overwhelmed. I pray your freedom, Lord. I pray that we will not be troubled, we will not be afraid. We will claim your goodness and your lordship, Lord, over our lives. That we will find community of support. A community that lives with peace with God that lives out of a space that we have peace with ourselves through our peace with God. And then, Lord, we will extend peace to others. And we will be gracious and we will be kind and we will be loving and we will be strong and we will be courageous and reckless in how we give love, Lord. And we will not be scared of messy. We will understand that is how life plays out. But Lord, you will welcome us with our mess and you will heal us, Lord, when we claim you and have those come to Jesus moments, Lord. I thank you for each and every moment that you give us, each and every person you bring into our lives. And I pray, Lord, for your peace. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of your son this Christmas season. the gift that you bring and you leave to us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Go with God. May you know the peace that comes only from Jesus Christ. You are loved.